You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Right now, the emphasis being heavily on recruiting as we near the early signing period on Wednesday, December 15th. Uh, David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And uh, Gabby, we had the first official visit weekend of the Mario Cristobal era. Plenty of news, plenty of scoop, uh, plenty of tea leaves to read coming out of that weekend. Gabby's been all over it. Uh, Before we hop into that, want to highlight again that we have a 50% off annual subscription deal uh, for a VIP membership to Inside the U right now. Uh, That runs you about 53 bucks for the whole year. Want to thank everyone who has jumped on board, taking advantage of this deal. Uh, we've we've added hundreds upon hundreds of new subscribers. That support means a lot to us. It allows us to continue giving you uh, the podcast here, which I hope you all enjoy as well. Um, so, want to highlight that deal going on. I believe it's going on until maybe December fifteenth. So you still have a couple days here to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, this is an exciting time. So I think you will definitely get your money's worth if you hop on board at that 50% rate. So got that selling out of the way here, Gabby. Um, Let's just hop into it, man. Um, This is going to be kind of like your show. I think we'll just do like a a quick hitter type podcast here where you kind of give us a rundown on the official visits and you know, project a little bit ahead towards Wednesday. I think we'll probably do another podcast before Wednesday's early signing period, maybe Tuesday afternoon, right? Because things change by the second in recruiting up to these final, in these final days, right? Leading up to the early signing period. So also, I guess let's just, with that in mind, right? Let's timestamp this podcast recording at 926 a.m. on Monday morning. Um, So, there is a chance anything we say now could be outdated, you know, as soon as we stop recording. Um, it's just that time of year. But anyways, Gabby, let's get into it. Let's let's divide it first by uncommitted guys and committed guys, right? So let's make that line of demarcation. So let's start here with the uncommitted guys. Who are the uncommitted guys? And, and speaking about being uncommitted to Miami, right? Right. Uh, who who are the guys that were there? Were there any surprises? Just the names to know in that regard that Ma- Mario and his staff are trying to add here, leading up to the early signing period. Yeah, I mean, what, just speaking of surprises, I think four, three of the four uncommitted guys, again, uncommitted to Miami guys, were surprises. I think Nigeli Kelly, the defensive lineman out of Fort Lauderdale, Dillard, he's the one that we sort of expected in. The, the other three were sort of were sort of wild cards. I mean, I don't think anyone heading into the weekend really anticipated that either one of those three guys would be there. 
Um, we'll start at the top. I mean, wide receiver Kevin Coleman out of the St. Louis area. Uh, you know, Florida State lean, maybe an Oregon lean. Uh, a guy that Mario Cristobal was extremely familiar with from his time with the Ducks. He's a guy that came on campus. Uh, top 247 edge, Cyrus Moss out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman. A lot of Miami fans are probably very familiar with that high school program. I mean, if you think about Brevin Jordan and Bubba Bolden, same that's the same high school that they came from. So big, big deal that Mario Cristobal is able to get him on campus, even if it was just for, you know, roughly 24 hours or probably even less. Um, so I think that was a huge deal. And then you got, you got Jalil Skinner, man. I mean, that's the, the top two, four, seven tight end Alabama commit. Uh, that one was kept under wraps pretty good until, you know, basically late Friday night when he finally arrived in South Florida with his family. So, you know, three, I mean, four big time uncommitted visitors, three of them were just like, you know, th that was a Mario Cristobal special in terms of just being able to sort of really finesse those visits, you know, here down the, the final stretch of, of this, you know, 2022 recruiting cycle. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, all four of those guys are top 100 players in the 20, the industry generated, right? So the average recruiting ranking of of the major uh, recruiting services, all four of those guys you just named are inside the top 100 in the country. Uh, Jaleel Skinner being the lowest ranked of the bunch at 98 overall in the country. So again, Mario Cristobal is working on a, you know, it's a short runway here. He's dealing with, um, you know, getting hired basically a week before the early signing period scrambling, trying to get as many big-time guys on campus as possible. Those four guys are, are big, big, big-time prospects, and it is impressive that he got them on campus uh, in such a short order. Let's start. Let's just talk about each one of those guys, kind of where things stand um, as far as we know here on Monday morning. And let's start with Nigelite Kelly, who, you know, I think going into this visit, the general feeling – was that Miami was in a good spot to land him. Probably the best spot of these four guys we're talking about, right? Um, what's the sense you got now that that official visit to Miami is wrapped up for Nigel Lee Kelly? Yeah, I still get the same sense. You know, you, when you consider really, he dropped the top five over the weekend while he was in South Florida. He put Florida State in there. Who he hasn't been to Florida State in a while. Florida was in there. They're dealing with you know new staff turnover, and I'm not sure how much face time he's gotten with them. Uh, Auburn was in there, and he canceled an official visit to see Auburn. So don't know how much of a factor there really are. And then you got Georgia and Miami basically left over. And again, I just feel good about where Miami stands there, especially after seeing what that final group looked like. I think that it's fair to say that Miami's probably the favorite. You know, he kept things close to the vest as he typically does, but. I think sure. uh, I think there's a, a there's I think the general feeling is that you know they would expect Nigel e. Kelly to pick Miami on Wednesday. He insists that it, that he still has some thinking to do and all sure. that stuff. But let's not forget that this was a guy linked to Oregon again right. that had a really strong relationship with Mario Cristobal, who you know in a in a different world that Mario Cristobal stayed at at Oregon. I think he would have thought long and hard about making that cross that cross country move to go play for him, you know, in Eugene. And uh, a guy that said in the past that if Oregon was located, you know, in the Southeast, pretty much that he, that's, he would probably be committed there already. So I think Mario it's, Cristobal has a it, lot to do with this one. Is it fair to say, cause Oregon wasn't in his top five, correct? Exactly. 
Is it fair to say, I mean, that's notable, right? Um, Super. Because they would have been in the top five if Mario Cristobal was still the head coach there. Uh, yeah. Anything else to add on Nigel Leak? He's going to sign Wednesday, right? Yeah, he should sign Wednesday. So we will keep an eye on that. I think the Crystal Ball, right now there's four Crystal Ball predictions. All four are to Miami for Nigel Lee Kelly. So we will watch that one closely, see if Miami can close with one of the best uh, defensive linemen, not only in South Florida, but in the, in the country. Um, next guy, let's talk about um, wide receiver Kevin Coleman who is a top 50 player in the country, number 44 uh, overall, according to the 24-7 sports composite, number four wide receiver in the country. Uh, he's out of the St. Louis area. Um, this one kind of came together quickly, right? Um, and really, I, I'll tell you how I read this, Gabby. To me, it, it, it's... He was definitely a a big target at Oregon, right? Oregon was in the mix. I think right now, according to the crystal ball, Florida State is the leader. Um, So that would indicate to me there's a little bit of a Sunshine State interest going on with Kevin Coleman. And that kind of crosses over with a Mario Cristobal interest dating back to his interest at Oregon. Um, How is this all coming together? And kind of what's the the early read you have coming out this weekend with, with top 50 wide receiver, Kevin Coleman. Yeah. Again, I mean, this is, this is all Mario Cristobal. I mean, he made this trip because he has that relationship with Mario Cristobal. You know, he had, I believe he had been to Oregon and Oregon was heavily in the mix. And, you know, that was a school that felt good about, you know, potentially getting him. I know the Cristobal read Florida state, but I think that there was some confidence in Oregon as well, you know, especially in this final stretch so to get him on campus was a big deal. And, you know, just kind of talking to people that, that were around and all that type of stuff, it seems like there's extremely legitimate interest. I mean, I was told that his dad actually came down to South Florida earlier in the week so that he could see campus and all that stuff, you know, for himself prior to maybe he couldn't come down this weekend or whatever it was. But still, that's, a, that's an intentional move that, you know, for dad to come alone to see everything because maybe he wouldn't be able to see it over the weekend. He came with his mom too. I was told that, you know, while they were touring campus and doing all those types of stuff that, you know, they were being extremely, I would say maybe diligent in the way that they were viewing everything. I was told that they were taking notes, that they were really looking at everything. It's not like they were just in a golf cart driving around and he was on his phone texting or, or, you know, shooting video or anything like that. Like they were really trying to learn as much as they could about the school and all, all the reports coming out of, you know, just everything that I was able to gather from people that were there is that he had a really good time, that he truly enjoyed himself and that he sees Mario Cristobal's vision for this program and that the city of Miami, which he had never been to before, it seemed to have, you know, really resonated with him or he can just see himself in a place like this. So again, does that mean that this is all going to work out? Who really knows? But I think Miami put their best foot forward. And again, with such, with such a little runway in this, I think that, I think that they did the best that they could in terms of, you know, how this visit went and left them with a strong enough impression where, he might have a Miami hat on the table, you know, when this is all said and done. I do wonder, um, you know, Kenny Dillingham, Florida State's offensive coordinator right yeah. now is, is being linked a little bit to Oregon. I guess he is close with Dan Lanning, uh, the Georgia, former Georgia defensive coordinator that's now the head coach at Oregon. 
Um, I wonder if number one, if Kenny Dillingham going to Oregon hurts Florida State's chances. Number two, I wonder if it maybe boosts Oregon in a little way. Just very interesting dominoes in terms of the coaching carousel and how it might impact this recruitment. Um, and also, too, you know, I mean, nothing is officially being stated, right? But I would assume, I mean, we are under the impression, right, that Brian McClendon, Oregon's wide receivers coach, is going to be coming to Miami. I wonder if those are, if that is kind of being hinted at with Coleman, right? And uh, I'm under the impression that McClendon and Coleman have a pretty strong relationship, uh, you know, with that recruitment at Oregon. So, like you said, it'll be interesting. Still, in my opinion, this is one of those recruitments where, like, there's still a long time to go um, between now and Wednesday. Like, every hour matters, um, and, and we'll we'll really see, uh, you know, how elite of a recruiter Mario Cristobal is here in the next 48, 72 hours, I think, with Kevin Coleman and what happens there. Next guy. Kind of a similar line of thinking, defensive end Cyrus Moss. You mentioned him. Um, edge rusher, Bishop Gorman. Um, what do we need to know there? What's the sense there? That was It was an interesting visit, right? Because he split the yeah. weekend between USC and Miami. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever seen that before. Uh, I don't know, David. I know you've been doing this a little longer. Like, Have you ever seen something like that? Like, I haven't. I don't know if that's like a thing. Uh not off the top of my head. I have not yeah. seen that. But I mean, I think it is a big deal. I think it's notable that, again, USC has their own sort of buzz and excitement going around over there with Lincoln Riley, you know, making that move. And it seems like a lot of the West Coast kids are, are really excited about, you know, the idea of what USC could be. So for him to, again, sort of separate himself from that, and that's like a, what, it's probably like a four-hour flight. So he probably has to leave sometime early, you know, maybe even early morning Saturday or just early afternoon to get to South Florida, who again is also on a time change. So you have to be really intentional about when you leave and things like that. So to just sort of cut that visit short and make it all the way back to Miami. I, again, I think this is just a testament to Mario Cristobal and the type sure. of relationship that they have. And, you know, I, he was another kid, Cyrus Moss, that he was linked to Oregon. He was, you know, you look at the crystal ball, it's still, it's, it's on Oregon. You know, that, that was a strong relationship. I think there was a really good chance that, Cyrus Moss was going to go to Oregon, uh, you know, when they were in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game, Cyrus Moss met with Mario Cristobal it, things like that, where you can tell that they have a really good relationship. And, you know, again, one of these situations where how quickly can this come together as a Las Vegas kid? Um, you know, I, I know you wrote this this morning, David, like logically it makes sense that, you know, he probably ends up at USC in terms of just distance and, you know, factoring all those different things. But I know that Miami uh, really did a lot with him on Sunday specifically. He got in late Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, I know that they had a completely separate itinerary for Cyrus Moss in terms of just what they were showing him and doing for him and all those types of things. So again, I think they were very thorough with him on Sunday to try to get him to you know, really fully embrace what Miami is and maybe have a, just a full grasp of what it could be you know, in the short amount of time that he had that he was able to spend on campus. Because we remember, we, it can't we, the Miami couldn't take advantage of a multiple day official visit because it flipped from a contact period to a dead period on Monday. So starting midnight. Right. So it's not like he could spend the first two days at USC and then use a second official visit to, you know, spend a few days at Miami. It was, 
you know, they had to be very calculated in the way that they did this. So one, I think it's a big deal that they made the flight and made that effort. I think that tells you a lot Absolutely. about how, how respected Cristobal is in that household and, you know, just in with Moss and also, um, you know, just the timing of it is just kind of, is just kind of crazy. Yeah. And he's a big time prospect. He is a six foot six, 220 pound edge rusher ranked number 63 overall in the country for people who are just kind of learning about him. I'm in that same boat right now. I watched some of his highlights and yeah, he is a freak with his length and athleticism would be a big, big, big time steal for Mario Cristobal. If, if he can pull that off, but like you said, we'll see, right? I mean, USC definitely closer to home. Uh, they kind of have a similar vibe right now as Miami in terms of like excitement around the program, a new trajectory um, for both Miami and USC. So We'll see. I, I, I do think Miami's in this, um, but it's like, like we keep saying, it's just a short window of time. I think if, if Miami and Mario had like maybe a month more, yeah. um, this thing might get a little more interesting, right? Um, let's move on to Alabama tight end commit, Jaleel Skinner. Um, I know Gabby, like during the weekend, Miami was feeling good that they might be able to pull off a flip, right? Jaleel Skinner visited Miami under the Manny Diaz uh, leadership. And it's kind of been documented that Miami was the second place team to Alabama, right? When he committed to Alabama. So there is legitimate interest there. Um, He took advantage of the opportunity to take an official visit to Miami again uh, with the, with the head coaching change. And, um, again, during the weekend vibes were good, but what should we think now that kind of the visit is over, the dust has settled. Can Miami pull off this flip? Yeah, I think that's what the, what the next, maybe, I don't know about concern or anything like that, but at the end of the day, this is Alabama and, uh, Alabama is not just going to concede a guy like Jalil Skinner to Miami. Uh, sure. I think it was well communicated that Jalil Skinner was going to take the visit. Um, I, Alabama was aware that he was coming, but I don't think that, you know, just because maybe he did have a good time at Miami or maybe Miami's feeling confident, uh, you know, coming out of that, you know, you still have 72 hours or so to have to deal with Nick Saban and, right. uh, you know, whatever it is that he can sort of pull uh, you know, it's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. He's a beast. Like, yeah. He's a be- he's... Exactly. It's just a different monster. And if I think that, you know, there's an easy recruiting pitch if you're Alabama in terms of just like, you know, why would you make that move or whatever it is. But again, I think Miami, there's people in Miami that feel confident, um, you know, getting him on campus, I think, first of all, is a, is a win. And I'm not trying to, again, lower the ceiling of, you know, you know, obviously you want to land these guys and all those types of things. But getting him on campus was was big. And I think, again, it's just sort of a testament to the type of recruiter that Mario Cristobal is and the excitement that he generates to even get a guy who is committed to Alabama, who can, who statistically is going to win a national championship at some point in his you know, college career to consider maybe coming to a school like, Alabama, like Miami, you know, just because of Mario Cristobal and this sort of buzz going around the program. Right. And I think it's worth pointing out, like I'm under the impression that Skinner wanted to check out Miami again with Cristobal there. Because they, his camp does believe that Miami's going to win and win big under Cristobal's leadership and with this infusion of resources coming in for assistant coaches, facilities, 
et cetera, et cetera, right? They do believe Miami is going to take off and they are intrigued by the, the thought of being on the front end of this ascension, right? Um, so it is legitimate, but at the same time, like, like you're alluding to, typically Nick Saban doesn't lose these battles down the stretch. And typically a school like Miami isn't the one who like flips a Jaleel Skinner, right? Typically right. it's like a, a Georgia or, or something like that, right? An established power. So Miami is trying to get to that point. And if they, if they're able to flip a guy like Jaleel Skinner, that's a message that things are definitely going. I mean, we know they're going to change at Miami, but it's, it's an, it's further proof of that. Um, so I think we'll know more about this in the next 24 to 36 hours, kind of where things stand. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be some battling here behind the scenes with, with Miami and Alabama, and, and we'll see if, if Cristobal and the staff can pull it off. Um, let's move on to the committed guys, right? Who were the quickly, who were the committed guys that visited and, um, you know, where did things stand? I guess essentially with the committed guys, is it just, are they locked in, you know, now that they've been around the new coach at Miami. Yeah, for sure. So the committed guys, uh, linebacker, Wesley, the Saint, uh, cornerback, Chris Graves, cornerback, Kamari Rogers, quarterback, Jakari Brown, safety, Markeith Williams, wide receiver, Isaiah Horton. That's essentially the whole class minus, uh, Landon Ibieta and, uh, Valentia Carswell. Um, so that's a big deal. Every blue chipper in Miami's recruiting class was, was in, was in South Florida this weekend. Uh, so again, I think that's an, a, just an overall positive. Yeah, I think really the overall consensus coming off of that is that this visit locked a lot of these guys in. I think a couple of the ones that were maybe even not maybe not wavering, but that were maybe iffy coming in was Chris Graves. You know, reports coming out of you know the Southwest Coast were that he was considering pushing it back his considering pushing back his signing to February. Uh, I think Florida and Corey Raymond and that you know new marriage was something that right. was enticing was enticing to him. Uh, as a guy that was interested in both Florida and LSU uh, throughout the recruiting process. So I think naturally uh, Chris Graves was, was, you know, excited by that. Uh, I talked to him late last night after he already got home from his official visit. And he basically told me that he fully plans on signing on Wednesday and it's going to be with Miami. And I think that's a good deal. I think that, you know, with the staff turnover, I think maybe he was nervous that, you know, some of the guys wouldn't be around. I think again, he's, his mind is more at ease uh, with the way that this whole Miami situation is going to play out for him. So I think that's a really, I think it's good. I think he looks great, man. I mean, I hadn't seen him in person, yeah. David, since we went to see him in the spring and he's filling out really nicely. Like he, yep. he looks, he looks good Big right time. now. And then, and you see that he's only 17. He probably, I don't think he's going to be 18 till next summer. So, but he's going to just be freshly 18 basically by the time he enrolls at Miami, um, or might still be 17 by the time he enrolls at Miami. So that's really good. Uh, Kamari Rogers was another guy that, you know, maybe if he, he officially visited Mississippi state last weekend, uh, I think this weekend sort of locked him up. I think that they feel good about that. He was doing some recruiting on Kevin Coleman and, you know, even a Miami staffer told me that, you know, yeah, like it, it, it was really good to see Kamari Rogers and Kevin Coleman sort of, you know, interacting the way that they're interacting. So again, I think Miami's going to, I think Miami sort of locked up those two guys that were maybe most shaky coming into the weekend. Otherwise I think everyone's good to go. Real quick, you mentioned Landon Ibieta and Flip Carswell, uh, the wide receiver and offensive tackle, didn't visit. 
Ibieta is picking up some LSU crystal balls after, I guess, recently getting offered by them. Uh, Carswell, you tell us, like, both those guys, what, what should we expect from a Miami point of view with those two guys? Yeah, I think with Landon Ibieta, I mean, just given the type of talent he is, I think he was a very, you know, specific type of guy. I don't think he maybe I don't think everybody, as you can see, maybe not everyone was, you know, on. Uh, he, he seemed like a Rob Likens guy. Rob Likens clearly liked him. Uh, you know, especially the, throughout or the early portion of his recruiting process. I think it was like Wake Forest and Miami at that one point. I think uh, like Louisiana Tech was another school that was sort of in the mix. Uh, so, you know, this I think this was just a very specific evaluation by Rob Likens. And, you know, this new LSU staff ended up liking him. Whoever the new wide receivers coach is, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the situation is exactly. But they pulled the trigger in the 11th hour. And uh, they were able to get him on campus for an official visit. And I think that's just one of those situations where it's going to work out for them. I'm not sure how much Miami pushed or didn't push. Uh, it seems like they're more focused on Kevin, a Kevin Coleman type rather than a Landon Ibieta type. Sure. And, uh, you know, if he, if he has spent the weekend in Baton Rouge as a Louisiana kid, I think that just makes sense that he's, that's probably where he's going to end up. So I think that's the situation with Landon Ibieta. I think he's a good player. So, you know, happy for him that, you know, he's going to be able to stay home. Really, that's what we want to do. You know, Miami wants to, they want to keep the talent home. LSU is going to maybe keep a talent home like that. So that's cool for them. Uh, with Flip Carswell, um, honestly, don't have like a great read on that either. I, as you know, David, he's a tough guy to get a hold of. Um, yes. You know, he's a very quiet kid. He's not on social media. He doesn't do a lot of those things. Uh, Lane Kiffin. And those guys, they visited him at his school last week. I know Miami went over there too. I think it is notable that he didn't come down on the second official visit. I'm sure that he could have. He did officially visit Ole Miss at one point during the during the fall, during the football season. So what's going to happen there? Maybe we find out on Wednesday. Uh, the last I heard, he was still considered a Miami commit. Again, that's something that we need to make clear because he never even posted publicly that he was committed to Miami. Uh, so like we had to make it known that he had committed to Miami. He, that he's not, again, not a social media guy, none of those types of things. So last I heard he's a Miami commit. That's basically the, the furthest I can go on that. And Ole Miss is the school to watch, right? And Ole, with Ole Miss being the school to watch right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything else locked up. Wesley Besaint, good there, right? Yeah. I think everyone else. So Wesley Besaint locked up. Jakari Brown locked up. I think that they did a really good job sort of displaying the vision of the offense for him. I think that they made it sort of known that they're still going to be a spread team. And I think that was something that they needed to sort of hear. And sure. so I think Jakari Brown's locked up. Markeith Williams seemed extremely excited about the direction of the program and about Mario Cristobal and all those types of things. So I think he's good to go to. Okay. Take us through now just uh, the – what the official visit weekend looked like under Mario Cristobal, right? What were, what were some differences compared to, I guess, the Manny Diaz era? Were there any tweaks that you found notable? And uh, yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the official visit weekend was, was uh, you know, it's go, go, go. Uh, for, for the guys that spent the whole weekend, you know, Friday, you're checking into the Ritz-Carlton and Key Biscayne. That is a tweak from the Manny Diaz one, or it's just, I'm not sure if it's a permanent tweak or if it's just something they wanted to do different for the guys returning because they typically stay at the Ritz Carlton in, I guess it's Coconut Grove or whatever it is. Right. 
Um, and so they moved to Key Biscayne, which I like better. I think it's a much better spot just in terms of just the views and, you know, they just sort of like the area that they hang out in throughout the official visit. I think it makes more sense to be there. Uh, so that was tweak number one. Um, Friday night, they go eat at the Rusty Pelican right there in Key Biscayne, too. So that's a, an ama amazing view, all that type of stuff. Uh, Saturday, again, it's just like, you know, presentations. They have they talk with Coach, Coach Crystal Ball. They do NIL presentations. They speak with a few people involved with the football program in terms of player development, you know, student athlete development, uh, things like that. They watched uh, one of the bowl practices. I know then I know they had a, a whole meeting with Mario Cristobal where he sort of was able to, you know, display the vision for the program and things like that. No, they then they had they had some time to hang out, go to the pool, go to the beach, just sort of relax and chill. They then they went to dinner. Uh, I think the parents and the, some of the coaches went to Komodo, the recruits and you know, the players went to this place called Cajun Boyle in uh, Brickell. And so they did that Saturday. Sunday is probably the biggest, the biggest tweak in terms of what we saw before. Uh, over the summer, for those that remember, Miami would host the seven-on-seven -seven tournaments for, like, you know, the local high schools and stuff like that. So the, the Sunday official visit was always cut off in the morning. They would have breakfast, and the recruits would leave from the hotel. Uh, this Sunday, they dragged Sunday on, which I thought was awesome. I think it's great to utilize the Sunday. You have it. So I think it's big that you're able to sort of use it. So they had breakfast at the hotel. They bust the kids to the campus where, and on Sunday, they did the photo shoot. On Sunday, they just hung out. They had lunch. They had people cooking churrasco and, you know, shrimp and rice and all those types of things. And they had a whole thing set up there, which was awesome. So that was probably the biggest, the biggest tweak of the weekend was actually taking advantage of Sunday and using it. Kevin Coleman was there past four o'clock. Cyrus Moss, I'm told, was there past even later than that. And a lot of those guys really didn't start filtering out till like two, three o'clock. So they did have like basically another full day to spend with those guys. So that's a big deal. What about the impact Mario Cristobal had that the sense you got, you know, just the, he's introducing himself to a lot of these guys. Um, what was the impression he made on the recruits? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was big time, man. I think that he did a really good job laying out his vision for the program. I think he really did a good job just selling how much more the university is, or really the, the football program is going to be able to invest into these athletes. Uh, what he's able, what they're going to be able to give to them in terms of the facilities, in terms of the resources, in, in terms of, you know, nutrition, in terms of, you know, sports psychology, just all the different departments that they're going to invest to, to improve the quality, the quality of life of a Miami Hurricanes football player. Uh, we have heard this being called an arms race. Mario Cristobal called it an arms race in his opening, in, in his introductory press conference. And there's people that came away feeling that Miami is not going to be far off, uh, you know, even in a couple years to the rest of the, the country in terms of the things that you need to, to present to recruits in situations like this and say, this is what you will have when you come play at the University of Miami. They laid down, they laid out the vision for that. And it seems that people are really excited and there's people that have been to big programs that have been a part of big time recruiting processes and things like that, that see what Miami's doing and, be and truly believe that this is going to get rolling because they are going to be up there quickly just because of the money that they're going to be investing and how much money they have to do this, that, that Miami sooner rather than later might be, you know, on par with some of the, the big, big time college football programs when it comes to, you know, the resources that you need in major college football. So I think that's a huge takeaway 
you, you know, just for Miami as a school that's always been, you know, it seems like five years behind from a facility standpoint right. or even longer uh, that they are quickly willing to catch up to, you know, what a college football program needs to look like. You know, when you walk into the building, what it needs to look like, what you need for it to operate at the level that you want it to operate at. And it's clear that Miami's very willing to get there. And it seems like they're willing to do it pretty quickly to get this thing rolling. That's huge. That's a good nugget. Um, what about just uh, his personality, right? How did he come across to the recruits and their families from, from your understanding? Yeah, I think that really, uh, he, like his, he was described as a pure football guy, as like a no-nonsense guy. And this is coming from someone that had a lot of respect for Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley and, you know, to all these guys that have been around the program. Like there was no, it was not a shot at any of these types of people. It was just what, what Miami, what Mario Cristobal is doing now. You can just tell that it's going to be different. And you can tell that his personality is just, you know, one of those types of dudes that again, he's just a football guy, no nonsense type of guy that is going to, is going to work really, really hard. He's going to demand a lot from his players, but he's also going to work hard himself. And it feels like it is just a general buy-in that people just listen to him and feel like he's coming off as genuine. And, uh, you know, they get an honest, real feeling from him. They don't feel, they don't view him as a, as a car salesman or someone that's trying to, you know, say whatever he's got to say to get their kid on campus. It feels like he's being honest about what he's going to expect from the student athlete, from the football guys. Uh, and he is also being honest about how hard he's going to work for that. And I think that's something that that resonated with a lot of people, that he's not just going to be one of these guys that is going to ask and ask and ask and never give. He's going to give, give, give as much as he asks because that's the type of person that he is. And he's sort of proving that right now on the recruiting trail. So I think he's just giving people a real, like just a real feeling that this is, this is a guy that wants to see it succeed. They see it as him as a Miami guy, as a guy that has been a part of the program that, you know, wants that truly, truly wants to see this work out. So I think that's something that he was able to sort of, you know, really hammer home with the people that were in the audience and just, that were just a part of the weekend. All right. So it was a strong first impression, strong official visit weekend as Miami and everyone else is kind of sprinting towards the early signing period on Wednesday. Uh, before we get out of here, Gabby, you dropped an interesting crystal ball, crystal ball um on a transfer tell us about that yeah uh you know a guy that miami brought in last weekend was alabama cornerback marcus banks not this past weekend the win the one before that and uh you know coming out of that weekend i think people felt really good but that was off that was like the buffer weekend between the manny diaz and mario cristobal era so you know, people were feeling really good about where Miami stood with that one, but there was a concern with the coaching change and how that was going to look. So they were just like, we don't know just because we don't know what's going to happen. And I think now that the dust has settled a little bit and, you know, some of the guys that have been, that were recruiting him are still around. I mean, the DeMarcus Van Dyke who's still recruiting for Miami, uh, T Rob, Travis Robinson is still recruiting for Miami that those guys are still a part of the equation right now. I mean, Travis Robinson offered, uh, you know, the Cal California cornerback Jaleel Florence, uh, on behalf of Miami on Sunday, I think that says something. I don't know if it tells you everything, but I think it's noteworthy. So I think that the fact that those guys feel like they might still be around, I think, uh, has Marcus Banks feeling that like, you know, he can come to Miami and, the, and his, his guys that were recruiting him will still be around. So, um, again, I don't think that this is like 
for sure, like, oh, he's 100% coming back. I feel really good in this last final stretch that, you know, Miami is going to get this done. He was supposed to officially visit Kentucky this weekend. He did not show up. He spent Sunday at Mississippi State. Um, but I feel like Miami's just going to – I personally feel, based on the conversations I had today, uh, this morning, that you know Miami's the team to beat right now uh, heading into early signing down Wednesday. So that's why I dropped that one. Good stuff. That is, that's notable. They need to improve the depth and talent of that cornerback spot. So um, sometimes it's not a bad thing to take Alabama scraps, right? Right. Uh, the Alabama scraps are typically other guys' – you know starters exactly <laughs> so yeah let's get out of here on that um again i think we'll do another podcast uh tuesday afternoonish, right because a lot can change between now and tuesday afternoon again wednesday is the early signing period and also again want to encourage everyone to jump on board with a subscription i believe you can get a monthly deal if you want to dip your toe in the water uh, first month is a buck. Um, if you want to go all in, you can get an annual subscription for 50% off, which is about 53 bucks. So again, appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, stuff is happening fast and fierce on the website, inside the I'd recommend everyone staying locked in to the website and, uh, till next time, take care. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.